Hey loves, before we get into this episode, I do want to give a bit of a trigger warning. I will be talking about suicide and death in this episode. Unfortunately, this is part of my high school experience, but I promise I will try to make everything else very, very positive to kind of um, overshadow that a little bit and put some sunshine into the mix. <laughs> so stupid stupid silly silly steven this is a precursor to this episode as well so sorry um i mentioned that i got new equipment got a new microphone trying to get real fancy with it and everything with this podcasting so record about an hour's plus worth of material and i'm going back and editing it and listening to it and i'm like hmm you know for the amount of money that I spent on this, it doesn't seem very um, crisp or as, I don't know, as loud as I thought it would be. Then I realized after doing some research that I had the microphone turn backwards. What the fuck? I'm <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> so my um, dumbass had it turned backwards. So bear with me this episode. Uh, the sound isn't the best, and it cuts out sometimes when I get super, super loud. Still trying to figure this all out. Like, I'm still trying. So sorry. Please don't hate me. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm just didn't think it would be authentic if I um, re-recorded all of it. So bear with me. I promise going forward, like right now, I'm recording it the correct way. Um, I'm going to get my shit together, hopefully, knock on wood, um, and going forward, it's going to be a better listening experience for you. So, please enjoy this episode. Welcome to episode four of the Sunshine Steven podcast. Look, I got a new mic, I spent some coin, and please forgive me if it sounds wonky or weird, still trying to get used to this whole thing, so yeah, please forgive me. But today's episode is Shiz They Should Have Told You in High School, because look, there are so many things now that I'm an adult, I'm 27, looking back that I wish people would have been more honest and adults would have told me in high school. So I'm going to share some of those things. I'm going to share some embarrassing stories, some sad stories, but then also a lot more positive, more positive than negative, because like, that's the whole point of this podcast. But I even want to talk about Shit's Creek. More on that later, but it's amazing. It's good. I'm just telling you, it's the best. I also took it to my Facebook page and got some, you know, answers to my question of if you were older and you had to have a conversation with your younger self, what would you tell your younger self about high school? So I'm going to share some of those, but, you know, there's a lot to cover. And honestly, I don't think I can do it one episode. So this is a two-parter, my first two-parter. So make sure you listen to this one, soak it all in over a week, and then come back and listen to part two. So here we go. Part one of Shiz They Should Have Told You in High School. school look we all had to do it 
it had its moments um i didn't really enjoy her that much but there was good and bad and ugly and let's just be real i was the ugly one <laughs> so i just wanted to give a brief little summary of uh my high school experience and then go into more specific um embarrassing stories and stuff like that so uh high school look i had to go to two different high schools um, the reason why we'll get on that later, spoiler, it's because my mom passed away and I had to move and uproot my life. Ugh, gross. But yeah, so I had to go to diff two different high schools. The first one was in Georgia in this little farm town called Blackshear. If you don't know where that's at, I don't blame you. It's a little farm backwoods place, but you know, it's cutesy. It is what it is. So I went my freshman and sophomore year there and you have to... Um, just imagine the, sh the shock and the disappointment when I had to, uh, move and uproot my life and then finish my last two years of high school at a different high school. And it was weird because I started, okay, stick with me here. Cause I know it's a lot. My life, it's weird. So I started in Florida. I went to elementary school and stuff there up until, oh, like fifth grade. And then I moved to Georgia. So from like kindergarten to fifth grade or was it third grade it was third grade look I'm tripping it's been so long it was third grade I did it like half a year of third grade in Florida and then half a year in Georgia super awkward whatevs and then from third to sophomore year I was in Georgia and then I actually moved back and went to the same school district that I went from like kindergarten up until half of third grade year so my first two years of high school was with people that I, I grew up with, you know, like, I don't really remember much, much, much from kindergarten, first and second. I know I was a horrible child, like, oh my gosh, we could have a whole episode. I mean, I threw chairs, I spit on teachers, it was really bad, I know, please don't cringe, I'm cringing right now, but I was really mean, and I was kind of a bully, and oh, I'm not like that now, I swear. Um, but yeah, so you know, I started developing more friendships and stuff around third grade, second year in Georgia. And then, you know, I feel like I spent the most time there. So third, fourth, fifth, sixth, you know, seventh, you know, all of middle school and then half my high school career there. And, you know, I was like, oh, I like these people more, but I was still kind of a weirdo, like a super big weirdo. And uh, look, I was like into wrestling and reading and I was very poor. So <laughs> I didn't do a lot of things that other kids did. Like, they were like, hey, let's come play Xbox or something. And I'm like, what's that? My my toy is like a dirt pile in the back of our yard. But whatever. So first two years of high school was in Georgia. And then the last two I had to finish up in Florida. And I was kind of miserable most of that time. Um, but that's mainly with the death of my mom and everything like that. But, you know, there's a lot of takeaways from high school. You know, there is a lot of good times. There's a lot of fun things that I remember doing. Um, but then there's also a lot of bad things and, like, awkward things that, like, regular high school students were... Everybody encounters and they hate it. Like, P.E. class. Fucking hated it. You know? True closeted gay kid. I was like, fuck this. I hate this. I'm not changing in front of all these people. But, you know, they make fun of you if you go into the saw, the saw, <laughs> the stall, and they call you, you know, gay and everything like that, and it's like, mm, bitch, surprise, um, and that's another whole other topic that we're gonna get into, and 
it's just, that's going to be a whole nother thing. So yeah, you really are trying to find yourself, but looking back, I'm like, bitch, you don't need to know who you are 100%. And fuck what everybody else thinks. Honestly, I know it's hard, especially at that age. You think like everything that happens now, you know, affects the rest of my life. Like there's a quote unquote permanent record. Like, nah, bitch, trust me. Like, honestly, it's. No, but again, there was a lot of like fun, fun times. Um, one thing that I enjoyed was drama clubs. I'll get into that because I did that at both schools and how I got into that and everything I'll definitely talk about. Um, but overall, high school is like a very strange time. And, you know, I, I feel like we could all agree. Nobody has like a 100% like positive, positive, positive experience of high school. And it is like an awkward time a lot, you know, with puberty and like, all that shit that goes on. So yeah, high school. So next I'm gonna talk about a more specific time of high school and that is my freshman year. So my freshman year, keep in mind, this is in the Georgia school that I went to. It was kind of weird um, because it was such a small town and small counties and stuff. There were, at the time, this may have changed, but at the time there were two elementary schools that then combined together to go to middle school and high school together. So kind of middle school was already like a new freeing thing where you were like, there's more people and everything like that. But it was kind of like clicky, like, oh, we went to this thing in elementary school together. So we were cool. Because, you know, when you're in middle school, you think you're just badass and everything. Um, but it was nice because I got to actually meet a lot of people that went to the, the different elementary school and I was like mm, this is cool this is nice but I was still kind of a terror <laughs> for like sixth and seventh grade and then eighth grade I don't know I just stopped and was like mm, maybe I should stop being a little shithead and I even got the citizenship award holla I still have that trophy like I killed it but like like I said another episode can be the horrors that I did all the bad things that I did when I was a younger child I don't know what the fuck was wrong with me I was possessed or something so anyways freshman year which uh high school is such a big thing already you get more independence and freedom and everything you know and then the school it was kind of more freedom because you get to like choose your elective classes um so you got to be like oh touch some of your friends and be like oh did you get you know computer lab for a period six well i'm gonna do that too like yada 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 so it was a little bit more freedom but like high school was like here's your core classes you really you know, have free range of the school most of the time, you know, in middle school, you still like walked with your classes to class to class and everything. But like high school was like, here's your locker, best of fucking luck, power to you. So it's a really awkward and weird time. And I remember one thing, I don't know if this happened in your high school, but like lunchtime was like a big thing. Like people had to make sure like I get the best lunch slot and then I get it with like all my friends or I'll, I'm going to change like my whole schedule to accommodate me having the right lunch and everything. And I was such a nerdy, nerdy, weird kid. Like, <laughs> I remember like most people were like, oh, I'm worried about like first day, you know, outfits and stuff, which I worried about. Yes. But they were like, you know, who are going to be my classes, yada, yada, yada. And I was just like, don't lose your fucking locker. Like, where's your locker at? I, like, mapped out the whole school and, like, okay, if I go from this class to this class, I could have these two books and then take a pre brief break, you know, unload and load and then keep going, then lunch, go and get what I need for the next two classes, yada, yada, yada. Where most people were, like, 
chill and the cool kids like hanging out like talking in class like the the hallways and stuff between classes i was like i'm on a fucking mission move it martha like i kind of go i don't think i ever had somebody named martha but whatever um i had a teacher named martha but um anyways so yeah freshman year it started out like normal like weird freshman ness of school and i mean i have to remind you like i was super poor and had horrible acne horrible teeth and everything so like my self-confidence was like real low as it is so i was like so scared to talk or do anything in front of anybody because i was like oh my god they're gonna think i'm weird or whatever and i'm like now i look back and i'm like whatever bitch i'm stupid motherfucking rice so first day you know the the awkward introduce yourself yada 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 and i hated that shit even though now that i look back i'm like you've been going to school with these children for like these people for years now like they already have an idea of who you are but i was just like fuck 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 like don't don't no mess up don't say something weird or anything and I just hated it. I hated it. Like, give a fun fact about yourself and tell me about yourself. Like, oh, no, you'll find out or you won't because this is really weird. But I did adore most of my teachers. There was one, I remember, she was super sweet and her family kind of, like, I wouldn't say owns the whatever, but, like, she, her mom was our middle school principal and her brother played baseball i believe for like the georgia whatever i don't know bulldogs i don't know is that a thing i don't know anyway so she was super nice and i remember she got preggers our freshman year and i was like oh she's so sweet and nice and everything you know got to do cool science classes so i was like that nerdy kid that was like ooh yay i get cool classes like that and i remember like our literature class i was all into it it was advanced i loved it and that's one thing, too. I was like, ooh, these advanced classes are fun. But then I was like, because, you know, my mind just works in fucked up ways. I was like, do I belong here? I'm really stupid. Like, are they going to know I'm stupid? Like, this, like it's not a fucking cult. Like, nobody probably cared. Everybody cared about themselves. They Nobody cared about you, honestly. Like, I mean, they cared, but not like, ooh, hey, I'm going to care that you, like, sneezed and did weird things because that's i'm literally one time i will never forget i was in biology class and this is my sophomore year so i'm kind of breaking my whatever um and i was like drinking gatorade <laughs> and it went down the wrong pipe and like i needed to cough but i was like don't you fucking cough because people are gonna look at you and be like oh he has like ebola or something i don't know ebola wasn't everything then but i was like just, just don't do it so i just like held my breath and was like <clears throat> you know that weird awful kind of like <laughs> nowadays with coronavirus you're like shit i can't sneeze out in public or cough like i'll be lynched like no fuck that so i was very much that kid my freshman year kind of sophomore year but then things changed so freshman year was just so interesting i got to meet a lot of new people hated lunchtime because i had no like i don't know it was i was in a weird situation where i was like friends with different types of people so but i was never like one that was like brave enough to be like hey can i sit here so i would always like cling on to who i could but like i don't know it was weird because i never really fit into one group of people like i was kind of chill with everybody except for straight boys <laughs> I was chill with straight boys, but they also scared the hell out of me because I was like, they're gonna find out I'm gay. 
So I was always like, mm, steer clear of them. Like, I was never like, hey, let me go hang out with the football players. But the cheerleaders, hey, girl, hey. <laughs> like, um, more on that later. But it was super weird. I hated lunchtime. But as a poor kid, that was the sometimes the only time we got to really eat was breakfast and lunch there so it was great and that's why I didn't like summers because we didn't have AC or food so I was like bitch bring me back to school so like I said high school freshman year a terror a true terror like did not like it I hated gym so fucking much but you had to do at least nine weeks of gym and nine weeks of health class and that's a whole nother fucking thing. Like, I still, like, I mean, look, I was a virgin <laughs> until, like, 19. And I, I look, I, I was like, no. My mom always told me, she was like, you know what? This whole no sex before marriage or yada, 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 that shit don't work. I'm just going to tell you, wait until college because you're going to make mistakes. And, look, I knew I was gay and there was barely any out guys. And I was like, I ain't even trying to do any of that. No, I'm going to focus on me and my grades, so sex was just not on my mind at all. <laughs> and freshman year, like, sitting and watching, like, all these PowerPoints and videos on, like, STDs and stuff, I was like, the fuck? Like, some people were like, hee hee, I'm still going to have sex. And I was like, no, but really, like, do you see that? His dick look like cauliflower. I'm good, like, mm-mm-mm. So, freshman year, I, I know it was just a fucking fuck fest so after my freshman year i kind of like opened up a little bit um and everything and honestly you know my home life wasn't the best i mean i'm just real i'm gonna keep it real you know like i said i was very poor there was a lot of drugs and shit like that but like that's a whole nother like whatever it'll all be in my book one day when I finally finish it and get it published and everything um but one thing that I despised was gym class I've mentioned it before I am 100% still against it <laughs> it's a fucking joke honestly like most gym classes like in both schools like the second school in Florida that I went to their gym class was like literally I think they had like a ping pong class like how the fuck is that and like the coaches no shade but all the shade would be like all right take attendance yeah you wore your uniform i'm gonna go play X xbox with the football players you can go play basketball or walk the track i would walk the track like no this is fucking dumb so i hated it and i got stuck with that like my sophomore year and was just like not about it didn't want to do it was like ugh, fuck this so i went home and talked to my mom and she was like oh uh-uh so she wrote this letter and there was like this form that you can pick up from the guidance counselor and say, hey, I don't want to be in this elective. Here are my three choices and whatever elective, um, you know, the transfer and stuff like that. I don't know why I'm explaining this. Like we all went to high school. That's how it was. So there was something that I've always, always wanted to do, but I was like, I'm not brave enough to do that. And that was acting and drama. And... I was just not about that life. I was too scared. I was too like, mm, no. But Saving Grace was the new drama teacher was actually our eighth grade Georgia Studies teachers. And I loved her. She is amazing. Still like on social media and stuff with her. She has come through a lot. Love her. So I was like, oh, okay. So that was one of my choices. I think I did like art, computer maybe. I don't know. And drama. 
And I was just like, eh, whatever. But then, like, in the back of my mind, I was like, drama would really scare me, though. Like, like I don't know. Well, guess what I got stuck with? Drama. <laughs> and I'm so glad if that wasn't, you know, that never happened if my mom was never, she never wrote the letter or filled out the form or anything. Like, I never would have had such a great experience and found a new love with everything. So, of course, I was still nervous. And there was a lot of stuff you know about myself that I was still hiding from a lot of people and I was just like Ugh. I was already scared like oh my god if I start like showing that I really like drama people are gonna be like no no you for sure gay because I was pretty flamboyant if you can't tell and everything and I was just like no I like vagina yay you know I was always that bitch that's like I just love Katy Perry she's so hot yeah sure she is beautiful but <laughs> you know it's really like i like her music she speaks to me and i love that she changes the color of her hair but i started drama loved it i actually did some um competitions and like the after school um stuff and everything like that and i love it i just fell in love with it i got to meet great people i had people to sit with at lunch which was, which was great but, like, drama is really, like, a mixture. Like, there are people that are, like, dead set. Like, I'm a theater kid, 100%. You have, like, cheerleaders. You have football players. You have, like, goth kids and, like, nerds and stuff like that. Like, it really did bring a lot of people together, and it was great. Um, it was, like, the first time that I really did a after-school activity. I got to travel with them, which was nice. But, like, girl. So, uh, we had one-night competitions. And, um, oh, God, I can't remember, like regional and then sectional i don't know it's all like that i'm not i don't know i should probably pay attention more but i don't know so we did the one we killed it crushed it did great and like i kid you not like okay so the first play i was in i'll never forget it was 15 reasons not to be in a play and i had to play like this nerdy whatever whatever i was so nervous but i don't know what came over me and still comes over me when i hit that stage and you're not yourself like bitch i'm about to slay this if people had any, like, thoughts about it or, like, ooh, they were weird or whatever, it's like, <laughs> bitch, I was acting, so it kind of worked in your favor. But, like, speaking in front of people as myself, I still get, like, Bleh, I'm going to throw up. But drama was really cool in that aspect. But, yes, yeah, so we went on <laughs> these competitions, and uh, I hated they separated boys and girls. And there was no out gay kids in this competition thing like there was some in drama class but that nobody here so it was super weird and awkward being with all these boys and they're like talking about boy stuff and I just was like I'm gonna sit back here and like imagine what the girls bus is like right now and like no no shade like some they were super nice but like they were talking about girlfriends and oh yeah dude blah, blah, blah. and I'm just like mm, okay like this is weird <laughs> but anyways it, we went there we didn't do so great it was i still think it was rigged but like literally i had like two lines i'll never i was cast as like a farmer and a townspeople and it was um a play about henry david thoreau and the night that he spent in jail and everything and like there were some talented bitches i'm just saying um i was not <laughs> really one of them i was like mm. <laughs> thanks for my two lines and i'll never forget um a farmer and I got to be barefooted and wear like old timey clothes and everything like that and I'll never forget like my big shining moment um when there there was like a little ruckus and everything and the townspeople got around and I said uh <laughs> hang on I'm getting character what's the stew 
That was a horrible <laughs> I was better back then. <laughs> that was my shining moment. Um, other than that, I did have to learn how to play chess because most of the play I was in the background playing chess. Um, chest, <laughs> chess. <laughs> and like, I couldn't tell you like what the pieces are today. Like, but it was so weird. <laughs> What's the stove out? Uh, <laughs> it was so, but I got to be barefoot. So that was nice. So... Uh, it was, it was a good experience. It was fun. I got to travel a little bit because really didn't travel much. Didn't go to vacations or anything like that. So we went to, I think it's called Raven Gap or something. Yeah, Raven Gap. Um, up in um, Georgia, like way up there. And we went to Tallulah Gorge, which is one of the seven, seven um, natural wonders of Georgia. Georgia Studies. It was beautiful. I actually visited um, after that. It's really beautiful, although it makes you want to vomit because you go all the way down all these like thousands and thousands of steps and it's beautiful. There's waterfall and then you go back up and like going back up made me want to vomit everywhere. Um, it was not. I remember one night we went to <laughs> this restaurant and it was like, um, it's like family style and it was so awkward and weird. And I was just like, to all the guys that this happened to, why did this happen to me? Um, but there was, like, another school, and it was, like, an all-girls school that were in the competition as well, and they were like, oh my gosh, y'all are, you know, in the competition, too, and we were like, yeah, cool, great. So, we were all just sitting there chatting, whatever, I wasn't really chatting, and then these girls <laughs> were like, I'm, I'm still convinced, like, a conspiracy theory, that uh, one of the guys from my school plotted them <laughs> to do this but they like came up to me and we were like chatting they were like so what did you do like blah, blah, blah. i was like i was a farmer i had like two lines like what the fuck is going on so it's like four or five girls and they're just ch chatting and everything and they're like um yeah well uh, let us show you some pictures and they're like showing me pictures of them in their lingerie and i'm like first of all this is child pornography but i was a child all the time but i was just like nothing nothing's there i was just like <laughs> like oh you look so great but like maybe not send those out to boys because boys are trash and it was just super awkward hashtag still have a conspiracy theory that somebody put them up to that i didn't know what was going on and i was just like um like straight guys over there you're barking up the wrong trees we are so it was like a fun experience but on the way back i don't know what happened but I just got like super sick. Like I don't know if I had motion sickness, sickness, sickness or not. But just on the way back and okay, so uh, there was a uh, twins in the our drama class and um, our competition and everything, and I adored them and everything. But they made us these um, little like goodie bags with like uh, snacks in it and candy and stuff. So. We had those. They all had our name on it, and it was super cute. And I was like, oh, gosh, why can't I be you? So they were still there. That comes in handy later. So we were going back all the way. It was like, I don't even know. Maybe six, eight-hour drive. I don't know. I start getting super, super sick. And I never really get sick, knock on wood. Um, so we're going, and I'm just like, I don't feel good. And one of the the guys that were in the, the car, he was like, are you, like, you don't look so good. And I was like, no, nah, bitch, I don't. Because um, I don't feel good. And I was just like, mm, I don't know. I'm just not feeling that great. And just out of nowhere, I was like, oh my God, could you stop the cop? And just start vomiting everywhere. And like, gross TMI. But like the first one, like kind of like, I caught it with my hand. And it was gross. But then like, the closest thing was somebody's 
um, goodie bag that was put together. And he literally on the way there was like, I'm saving this for when I get home because I know we're about to get snacks and stuff when we get to the hotel. And <laughs> I literally vomited all up in his bag and was like, oh, God, I feel so sorry. If I still knew him or was his friends with him, I would send him a goodie bag now. But sort of throwing up in that and, like, a little bit over the van, I was just like, fuck my life. Like, already felt awkward with all these straight men. So I was like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. And so I get off on the side of the road and just start throwing up, throwing up, throwing up. Gross. Disgusting. And then the girl's van's like, are you good? I'm like, no, not really. Cars are whizzing by, but I have, like, vomit all over my clothes. Luckily, the the theater director's husband, super nice, he was like, oh, God, you could just tell you feel bad for me. And he was like, well, where's your suitcase? Let's get your new clothes, because I had vomit everywhere. And everybody was like, do you want to sit front in case you have to throw up again? And I was like, yeah, I literally, I feel so bad. We had to stop, like, three or more times, I think, like, three or four more times for me to get up, get on the side of the road and vomit, and, like, cars whiz by and be like, yeah, good. And I'm like, I'm fine. Like, I'm just going through it still to this day have no clue like maybe it was most signet <laughs> like i don't know but i just was throwing up in front of everybody it was super embarrassing because again like that's how my mind and like anxiety worked and everything not medicaid so i'm good therapy yeah um but then i was just like oh fuck my life like i literally was like just leave me on the side of the road we're good <laughs> like we're fine and then the next day because it was like a sunday I believe that we came back, like, the next day people were like, hey, are you good? Are you fine? And I'm just like, yep, just, like, my dignity of a little bruise. But, yeah, sure. Sorry that I vomited everywhere and you had to see that. But it was a good time. I thoroughly enjoyed drama club there. And then I had to go to another school. And I was like, mm -mm -mm. I'm not doing it. Different director, different castmates and everything. So... My uh, my junior year, I didn't do anything drama-related. But the new school that I went to in Florida, they did have this thing called Improv Group. It's kind of like, whose line is it anyways? I was like, mm, that's kind of interesting, but I don't know. I saw a couple plays, and I was just like, mm, no, not interested. But then my senior year, I was in the same fucking predicament where they stuck me in gym, and I was like, fuck no. I hated it. I was like, I already did my time. No. So... Guess what was open? Fucking drama. And I was like, oh, whatever. I went with it. It was amazing. And it was great. I did improv, which was super nice. We had uh, improv nights and stuff. Like, it was super fun. And we also did competitions and stuff like that. And I remember my senior year, I actually won all-star cast. We got a little trophy. Still have that, too. But it was really nice. We did a play, The Unknown Soldier, where I was a soldier. And, um had to die i got shot five times spoiler and i'll never freaking forget though when, cause the the stage was like massive but it had mics on the ground it was mic'd and literally when they're shooting me i was like well, where were they shoot me and i'm getting shot five times i'm gonna fall down and die there landed right on a microphone and they drug me <laughs> and like literally it was just like I was just like, fuck me. Like, but I had to pretend like I was dead. Like, it didn't bother me. But according to some of the other people that were behind stage and our director and stuff, she was like, it actually made it very, very, like, eerie and kind of like, oh, damn, like, this is real. Like, he did, did. So I was like, oh, cool. But then also, too, like, my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> yes, girlfriend. Um, love her. I, I could talk about her, too. Um, 
sorry, I'm shifting, so you probably hear some noise. My butt's asleep. So my girlfriend at the time, um, her and one of her friends were actually in charge of like the props and stuff like that. And before I get shot, the whole way that it was set up is that I they got me drunk and there were five other people in me. They got me drunk and then there was balloons and they were like, we're going to play a game where we're going to blindfold you and have to pop these balloons. Looking back, I'm like, oh, I know how we could have fixed this, but I did the best that I could to cover it up. Um, but there was supposed to be a blindfold. There was no blindfold. My girlfriend and them forgot to put it in there. Yeah, you know who you are if you're listening to this, but probably not. So I forgot the blindfold. So when they were like, hey, let's get you a blindfold, they couldn't find it. And it was super awkward and dead. And luckily, one of the, the girls' costumes had a bonnet. And she took it off and laid it on the table. So I saw it. And because I'm the last one to come to the party to... I was just like, uh, I just made a, a fucking thing on the spot. I was like, I know that you're poor and can't afford a blindfold, so I'll just use this. But I couldn't, like, it was so awkward. One of my, he was actually, like, my best friend. Um, he was, like, trying to tie it on, but it would not tie on. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I was like, I cannot see out of this. Like, the blindfold I could see out of, so I didn't, like, fall off the stage or anything like that. So it was super awkward, and I was just like, fuck my life. And I was just like, it's okay, I got this. Like, you know, but I had to peek real childlike. I th- think it played off well. But then, like, thinking back, I'm like, why didn't somebody just say, oh, I left the blindfold in the laundry room and just went backstage to grab the blindfold because all the other props, like, we were, it was very, like, structured. Like, you had to put everything together. So And it was back there. Like, they could have just been like, I'm going to the laundry room, here it is, but whatever. That was my experience with competing and acting, but then I really thoroughly enjoyed improv, which was nice. I enjoyed drama club, improv team, and everything like that. Again, this was the first time that I really did, like, after-school activities and stuff like that. So it was really nice. That's something that did bring me out of my shell a little bit. But my senior year, I was like, whatever, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm probably going to never see, like, 80 90 percent of these people ever again so i really broke out of my shell and was like mm, fuck all of you <laughs> i can do whatever i want so <laughs> that was one of my loves and one of the things that i really really enjoyed i ended up actually having acting classes in college which i really enjoyed and like doing it on the side and everything still would be something you know when i get a big break in my netflix special and everything like that like yeah i'll act but it was something that really did bring some sunshine into my high school years take a break from the embarrassing Steven story shall we and talk about three things that I really wish that they would have taught us more in high school because bitch being an adult especially my situation you know girl so first thing that they should have really talked about because I really didn't know about until I was like 21 is credit what credit is why good credit is a good thing why bad credit can fuck up your life and everything like that like Nobody really talked about it, and, you know, me going out on my own, I was very independent when I was an adult. Um, I lived with my grandparents, and they were kind of old-fashioned, where they were like, okay, you're 18, have fun, like, figure it out yourself, because we had to. And I was like, what the fuck is credit? Like, honestly, they should really talk about credit some more. Um, next thing is something that I still don't understand at all, taxes. Like, what the actual fuck? 
I don't need seven PE classes. I need to learn about taxes or even how to write a fucking check because people still know how to write a check. My husband works in property management. He was like so many times like these college students, which if you're not like Google it before then, will be like, can you write this check for me? I don't know how. Like, nah, bitch, Google it. Like, I know it's kind of like a old fashion thing and not a lot of places, you know, take checks and stuff like that, but you might still have to write a check once in a while. So fucking Google it, learn how to do it. Great, awesome, cool. Also, side note, I wish they would have just, like, this is not one of my reasons. I wish they would have, like, kept with the cursive thing because I only know how to write my fucking name in cursive. Sorry about it. Anyways, last thing that I really wish that they drove a home on, and I got a little taste of it, but, like, I feel like every year of high school they should have talked about it, was money and, like, working and stuff like that because I'll never forget my health. Um, it was, like, health for nine weeks and then PE for nine and I had a, a really good health teacher, and besides, you know, the cauliflower dick and everything like that, she had this exercise that she did where she gave us all, like, play Monopoly money or life money. I don't remember what it was. And we were all like, hell yeah, because you don't really know the value of a dollar because your parents or whoever you live with usually buys everything. So I was just like, mm, whatever, it is what it is. I was like, oh, shit, like, I have $5,000. Yay, cool. And... And then she's like, okay, well, rent is like five. I don't remember the exact, but like 500, which is fucking cheap. And then this is it. And I ended owing like $200. And I was just like, oh my God. Like, and she was like, oh, don't forget to go get groceries for the week. And I was just like, I don't have any money. And she was like, well, and I was just like, guess I'm going to be a motherfucking stripper. But that was something that was really like, oh shit. Like, yada, yada. And I, I think she even went into it more with like, hey, you, um, you know, kept up you got a job you saved up so you have this extra money like oh no you partied and gambled your money away so that's something um that I think they should teach because you really don't know until you're in the real world yourself and you're like what the fuck like college alone a textbook three hundred dollars like if that like it, it's an I will never forget the first time that I moved out and was on my own 100 percent well, kind of, I had a, I was dating somebody and we lived together and we went and was like, you know, we're just things that you don't think about. Of course, we we're going to get groceries for a couple of weeks, like two weeks at least. But we were like, oh, we need toilet paper, paper towels, cleaning materials. We need, you know, necessities that you think of. And we went to Publix and spent, I almost spent like $300. And I just stopped and was like, bitch, that's like almost my whole check. I make $8 and 25 cents an hour. What the fuck? And I just start crying. And he was like, are you good? <laughs> you good? <laughs> and I was just like, hang on. And I called my grandmother and was like crying. I was like, I'm just so sorry. Like, you and grandpa were like out of the, the woods, you know. You didn't really. And then you had to take care of us, me and my brother. And I know he eats a fucking lot. And like, I didn't know it was this much. And she was just like, uh, yeah, bitch. So appreciate your parents, grandparents, whoever is taking care of you, if you're fortunate enough to have them, because shit is expensive, and as an adult, I think we can all realize that, like, girl, unless, again, you were born, like, a prince or something like that, then fuck you, um, the struggle was real for me, though, it, they really, though, credit, taxes, and the value of a fucking dollar, please teach it more to high schoolers, so that the, the leaders of tomorrow aren't so fucked up. 
So this is the trigger warning I was speaking about with suicide and death. Um, I might do like a whole special on my mom because she is special and um, later down the road, but I'll just give you the gist of it. Um, so yeah, just fair warning and I'll try to make it positive after this. I swear there's points to it. But one of the biggest things that I had to deal with with high school and like kind of hid from a lot of people was my mom dying. I was 16 and it completely like turned my life over. It was during the summer. It was actually my brother's birthday. He's the one that found her. But again, we'll do a whole nother episode on that. Her heart just gave out. It was not pretty. It wasn't cute. So it kind of mentally fucked me up. And like I said, like I grew up with all these people and I was getting comfortable. I was just breaking out of my shell in my sophomore year and was like, oh, I'm in drama. I have friends. Next year is going to be great and everything. And then like that all came to a screeching halt. So... I had to pack up what we could, but there wasn't a lot that, you know, my grandparents, I'm thankful that they were able to bring us in so we didn't have to go into foster care or anything like that. My two older sisters were in no predicament. Um, they were in their early 20s. No predicament, though. Um, no situation would be good if we had to go live with them. Love them, but they were just not all together at that point in their life. So we had to go live with our grandparents in Florida, take what we could, um, had to leave a lot of stuff behind, which was really super sad. Um, not to mention my mother wasn't there, so it was already sad. So I got really fucking dark and depressed and not going to lie. Um, probably a week or two. Um, I know I talked about this in like an uh, earlier episode where, you know, I, I let myself cry it out at the funeral and everything like that. But then I kind of repressed it. But like for a week or two, I was 100 percent ready to commit suicide like I had it planned out I was just like I'm done with this like and it's really sad I I did a speech once in college where um the task was to inspire people <laughs> that's like my my thing so I tried to inspire people to live life to the fullest and I started out like really happy and positive and was like what were you thinking about when you were 16 come on blurt it out and they were like getting a new car and like ooh, girls or the football team and I was like yeah yeah great well who's thinking about suicide and like everybody got real quiet and was like oh and I was like well I was and this is why and like went into it and people were like oh shit but I think it stuck with him and they got the point so I was fully prepared luckily I got out of it and it was a weird, awkward time where, like, I don't know, my grandparents are super old-fashioned, and more on that later, but, like, uh, they, we were in, like, church and stuff like that, so then I had to become, like, BFFs so with Jesus. Not had, but I kind of, it was kind of, it was expected. My grandparents are very old, Southern Baptist, so it was, like, you're going to church twice a week, like, you know, you're going on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, and then, like, on Sunday night, and then on Wednesday, you're going to youth group and everything like that, and, like, literally, um, I was saved before, I'm not trying to get, like, super, like, religious-y right now, but I was saved when I was younger and everything like that, but then, like, my grandparent, my, my grandmother was, like, you don't need to go right now and ask to be with the church and be saved, blah, 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 super weird, awkward, didn't get a lot of chance to make decisions for myself, but I did, thoroughly enjoy who I was meeting in the youth group and everything so I kind of gave up on the whole suicide and being very hard I was like I'm best friends with Jesus like this is all just a test like Jesus 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 great awesome and that helped me like repress all that shit for a while until like I actually started school because like this was in the summer 
So it was only a couple weeks after, and I was like, oh, God, my poor youth group leaders when she's a therapist, and it was her husband, um, was our, they're fucked up already. Like, they're super weird, and they were probably expecting us to, like, drown people in the pool, but, like, we went to this Jesus camp and everything like that. Had a good time. I got to meet some people that I would actually be going to school with. Um, I started, like, dating one of the girls. <laughs> Look, I... There was two major girlfriends in my life that were, like, serious, and I loved them, and they're beautiful, because I know how to pick them, but, yeah, so it was like, okay, cool, maybe I can do this, but then I started school and was like, nah, so those thoughts started again, where I was just like, nope, I want to die, like, I don't want to be here, this is, like, bullshit, why'd my mom, like, ugh, gosh, but again, the whole Jesus thing came into play, and I was just like, okay, wh whatever, it's a test, it is what it is at this point, um, but the way that, like, my family was and most families now I think and that's why I'm so open when I talk about like therapy and medication and stuff but you know there was a lot of drug addiction in my family and alcohol and everything like that and more on that I could do later I keep saying more later but it's because you know I don't want to overwhelm you so much right now so there was never really mental health um awareness or help or anything we never were like let's go to therapy or anything like that like I did some counseling when I was younger but like most of the time it was kind of like rub some dirt on it and move on and I feel like a lot of people are like that and there's like a stigma of course around it like something's wrong with you you're fucking crazy if you no therapy's good you know it took me a while but I was just like you know what I need some help because my mind is wired differently my sisters both show signs of that my mom did um my one sister, she's been diagnosed with bipolar, severe depression and anxiety, and I have been diagnosed with severe depression and anxiety. So, you know, it was just something at that time, though, I didn't know how to cope with. So I just turned to Jesus for a minute and was just like, okay, cool, great. And, you know, Katy Perry, like I said, told me it was a firework and I believed her. So that's that was a big, big struggle, though, because coming into my junior year I didn't really know anybody people that did remember me though I'll never forget like my first quote-unquote girlfriend who now is married to a woman and I'm married to a guy so we'll see how that turns out I mean we used to kiss on the back of the church bus and like it was weird she like ran into me I was like do you remember me and I was like yeah girl I remember you but then like other people would run into me and be like you were that kid that like I held your shoe while you punched somebody's face in and I was just like yeah, that's not me anymore. <laughs> so super awkward. I became really, really close friends with some, uh, my second girlfriend who like we were together for a hot minute and like I dreaded the days that she wasn't there um, to have lunch with her because like one day kids were mean and like throwing rocks at me. It was super weird, super awkward. Like I just hated it. So there was a lot of anxiety that I had my junior year, but going back to drama that's when I got to like have an escape and everything like that but a lot of that stuff I like hid from people like people are always like you're so funny you're so nice you're so and I'm like I'm really fucking depressed though <laughs> like so sorry there was a few people that I got close with and was like mm, I'm really depressed and sad and blah 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 and then you know whole, the whole coming out thing was a whole nother fucking plot twist within itself so that's the sad part. So we're going to package that up and be like, okay, thank you for the scars and memories and maybe who I am today. But I just wanted to put that out there to know, like, if you are struggling or anything like that, or if you did in high school, like, get help now. 
I know when we're younger and stuff, like, there were times that I went to my grandmother and was like, I think something's wrong with me. Like, my mind does not work normal, and I know it. And she was just like, okay, well, anyways, pasta's for dinner. Like, if you have anything like that, please reach out. Your boy's always here for you, too. You know, DM me, but not, like, in a weird way. (laughs) So uh, that's just something that I, I wanted to point out and something that, really really threw me for a loop in high school that most people don't have to deal with side note i realized that i never mentioned my dad was never in the picture he wasn't a very good person and i honestly still don't think he is so it was a single my mom was a goddess she was a single mom and everything so losing her really did fuck a lot of stuff up but i grew from it so yeah whatever traumas and terrors that we have we can grow from them so sorry that that got a little deep there but hey it was my past it made me who i am today but i think it is a great time to just take a deep breath and relax close our eyes check in with yourself hey steven how are you doing pretty good i'm a little hungry but like a bitch always is so let's just take a moment to have a meditation minute For this installment of What You Watchin', I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite, favorite, favorite shows of all time, and that's Shit's Creek. Go. If you haven't watched Shit's Creek, you are truly missing out. And little backstory, and it's kind of a well-known thing among fans, is this is a true hidden gem. Like, it's so good, but like, it, just recently it started to blow up, like, we didn't discover it, my husband and I, uh, you know, we always saw it on Netflix and like Catherine O'Hara, love, Eugene Levy, love. So we always saw it pop up on Netflix and we were just like, mm, I don't know. But my mother-in-law was like, oh my gosh, y'all need to watch this. It's so funny. The character David is just so, so, so funny and you would love the mom, blah, blah, blah. And we were like, huh, okay, maybe sure. So we ran out of uh, shows to watch. So we were like, okay, let's watch it. It was already like three or four seasons in. So we were a little late and... They just ended their sixth season. Sad. What the fuck? We literally waited until the end and then downloaded the whole season and watched it all yesterday. I only cried like three times, so I'm proud of myself. But let me show you. We'll show you. Let me tell you why I'm showing you with my hands right now, but you can't see me. Why this show is so 
great. That was me snapping. So one thing and the next episode, the part two on high school is living high school as a closeted gay person. I'm going to get into that. But one thing that kind of draws into that is, you know, growing up, I've talked about it before, there wasn't a lot of uh, queer storylines, especially like gay men too. Like it was always like, oh, weird or ooh, that's scandalous or whatever. So Shit's Creek does a really, really good job not only showing different aspects of the LGBTQ plus community, but also like a beautiful love story between two queer men. Um, David, the character David is, um, it's actually Dan Levy in real life, which is Eugene Levy's son, and he's, like, the writer, the creator of the show, him and his dad kind of. Super important, I think, to have the relationship of David and Patrick, um, but, uh, David is really pansexual, he's not gay, because he, there was, there, there's a really good quote, um, from, I think it's, like, season one or two, where, David's talking about his sexuality and he's like, you know, I like red wine, but I also drink white wine. Like, it's, I like the wine, not the label. Cute. Yes, that's pansexual right there. Little tidbit story for you. They love the person for the person, not, you know, I love just men or whatever. So to see this beautiful relationship is just like so amazing because I didn't get that growing up, especially in high school. You know, Glee had a little bit, but it was always like... I don't know, it was weird, like, in high school, I was like, yeah, cool, this is high school, though, like, how many high school relationships really last? No shade if you're still with your high school sweetheart and happy, like, good for you, but it doesn't happen a lot. So, this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful relationship has, like, really built over the years, and, you know, spoiler alert, season finale, series finale, actually, is the wedding of Patrick and David. It's beautiful. I cried. I was like, I looked at my husband. I was like, I want to get married again. Like, can we have another wedding? And he was like, fuck no. Uh, whatever. I was like, well, what if Catherine O'Hara was the one that officiated it this time? Like, she'd be great. So it was beautiful. It's, it's such a, a great, um, great experience for a gay man, you know? I really loved it. Also, side note, Patrick, if he were real in real life, like... And the actor that plays Patrick, although he's straight, but whatever, he's an ally, love him. He has a beautiful voice of an angel. And if you don't believe me, you should definitely watch the episode where he serenades David and sings an acoustic stripped down version of Simply the Best by Tina Turner. It's amazing. It's so good. I didn't know that he could sing. And so after that episode, which is a tearjerker and so beautiful and like, we don't get that a lot, you know romantic comedies and stuff are always you know a man and a woman so it's it's like breaking the mold so i was like oh this is beautiful this is great like i want that moment and after that i was like oh who is he his name is noah reed and he has an album already and he has an album coming out his first album um amazing it's like a folksy kind of acoustic vibe but i love it so like i said voice of an angel we'll look it up it's amazing you won't regret it unless you're not into that type of stuff but Anyways, um, I do believe that it is good for shows to show, like, the good and bad with being an LGBTQ 
plus relationship, you know, it's why we learn about the Holocaust and, you know, civil rights movement, stuff like that, because you have to know the struggle and the fight and everything. But one thing that's a nice break from all that for Schitt's Creek is like, it is truly a moment where you can just throw that shit out the door. There is no homophobia that exists in this small town and like it's never questioned or anything it's just like "Mm, this is what it is like there's a gay couple whatever we love it and that's amazing that's a good representation and a good like oh god we don't have to always focus on the negativity you know whatever but that's a good good portion of why i love the show is it shows really good you know lgbtq plus community members also Catherine o'hara oh, amazing if you don't know who that is you're fucking goodbye but she plays the mom in home alone she plays in beetlejuice she's a legend she slays she's amazing she <laughs> she plays the character of moira rose who like talks super weird and like she's like honestly a washed up um soap opera actress that just kills it though with like her one-liners and she's like babies my, my babies <laughs> and everything it was really good really cutesy um gay icon her fashion's impeccable on point amazing eugene levy is always fan-fucking-tastic like he's so funny and he i mean he could play the funny doofy part but he also play the straight man um which isn't what you think um <laughs> us actors you know when you play the straight man you're, you're the straight face like you know if somebody's going crazy and which moira does a lot on the show you know and he's a straight man he's not the one that's like i'm in on the joke it's like i'm here to like keep it together composure and also the actress that plays stevie oh, i believe her name is emily maybe i don't know i should have googled this but like she's steeping my mind i never really saw her in anything but she i love her and she's amazing and it's it's super cute because um after the last episode of the series they put out like a documentary it was like 45 minutes and we watched that too uh, duh. and homegirl was like boohooing the whole time even during the table reading and everything and i was like mm, she's my spirit animal like she was like blowing her nose and everything loved her love her She's, she's amazing. Uh, the guy that plays Roland, he's the mayor, and he's just like, oh my god, he's so fucking dumb. But so funny. God, what is his name? But he, um, uh, speaking of, like, high school and stuff, like, he played, it's weird. <laughs> Do y'all remember the scary movie movies? Scary movie 2, the guy with the tiny hand. He's like, grab a strong hand. <laughs> That's him. And he's super funny in this. He plays really dumb and amazing and... Uh, it's just so funny and then the actress that plays Alexis Rose she fucking kills me she's like your like LA girl like yeah love that journey for me like and she always like boops people on the nose and everything and I've seen I've seen like uh interviews and stuff where the actress is talking about like where she had her inspiration she's like Paris Hilton Kim K and stuff like that but she does the thing with her hands um, it's kind of like Wendy Williams, like, how you doing? Where you put your hands, like, I don't know, like, is he, you know? Um, so he, she does that. I'm doing it right now. Like, she can't see me. I don't know why I'm doing it. But she does that. If you haven't watched the show, go Google it. But, like, if you have, you know what I'm talking about. She does that. But she talked about the actresses, like, I was just imagining, you know, how they hold their purses like that. But, like, not holding a purse. And she did it with both hands. And she's just like, mm, David. Ill David. Um, side note, one of my friends, we were talking, coworker slash friend, and she was like, oh, I just got on to Shit's Creek. I love it. Yada, yada, yada. And I was like, eh, yada. 
It's so good. So she was like, I just want to know how many times they say David in this show. I was like, oh my God, really though? Because Alexis is always like, David, oh my God, David, ill David. Like, it's so funny. I even have a shirt um, with David's face on it. And it says, ill David. Um, I found this cute dad hat. If anybody want to buy it for me, that'd be cute. And it says, ill David. So it's just really, really a good show. Um, oh my God, I should probably tell you the fucking premise. If you if you don't know, I'm just expecting that everybody has seen it because it's so freaking good. Um, and I'm sad that it, it's over, but like I get it. Like, stop while you're at the top, right? So the whole premise of the show is this really, really rich, bougie-ass family gets fucking slammed and one of their partners you know does some shady shit and they lose all their money and the only saving grace they have is a town that the dad bought his son as a a joke of this this town called shit's creek and it's like podunk like uh, shit show <laughs> that i'm done shit um so that's where they have to live. And they live, like, in this rinky-dink hotel where they end up buying it and investing. And, like, it's just really good to see, like, the character character growth and everything. Has great writing and storylines. It's so funny. And, like, they're all so talented. They're also, like, majority, if not all of them, like, Canadian. So you just know that they're really nice <laughs> in real life. So, yes, Shit's Creek, that's what I was watching. It's over now. But I kind of want to watch the rest, like, over again, over and over. Dan Levy, love you. You're an icon. Um, thank you for providing that for the world, for not only just gay people, but for all people to escape, laugh, cry, yada, 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 and to do. And if you have, like, any, um, you know, questions about, like, you know, me <laughs> and my thoughts on what you should do next, I have a really great idea. <laughs> I don't know why that was so wordy and weird. Uh, I was trying to say something, but, like, it came out weird. But anyways, I have a great idea. We kind of look alike, and Zachary Quinto, everybody says we're twins. Boom. Three gay brothers, different stages of their lives. Let's do it. Call me. Have your people call my people, which is my husband. But, um, yeah, Shit's Greek. If you haven't seen it, freaking go watch it. Um, it's on Netflix right now. I think up to season five and then season six, you're probably going to buy until it gets released. But I'm telling you, it's so worth it. Watch Shit's Creek. Okay, thanks. Bye. And now for a segment I like to call Hursary Lesson, where we take a look at an LGBTQ plus community member or an ally who has helped impact the community in a positive way. Enjoy! For this installment of Herstory Lesson, I'm going to be talking about Marsha P. Johnson, who was a African-American trans woman um, who really had an impact on the LGBTQ plus community. Oh my gosh, that's such a mouthful to say, and I've been, I've been doing a lot today, so, so sorry. LGBTQ plus community. Boom! Killed it. Nailed it. <laughs> so, uh, Marsha P. was a, like I said, an African-American trans woman who also identified as drag. Um, to give a little um, info on that, I always refer back to Monica Beverly Hills from RuPaul's Drag Race, who came out as transgender 
on the show and she talked about how trans is who I am but drag is what I do so trans is what you identify as but then being a drag queen it's an art form like I said in my previous episode so that's just something that you do so and you're not both so like if you're a drag queen doesn't necessarily mean that you are transgendered um yeah so sometimes when I talk really fast it sounds like I said transgender ginger <laughs> I'm like, mm, that's not what I mean. Transgendered. So, Marsha P. was definitely somebody who fought for gay rights and liberation. And she was one of the key players in the Stonewall Uprising, which happened in 1969. If you don't know about Stonewall, I recommend looking into that. Um, kind of in a nutshell, you know, there was a Stonewall in was a hangout spot in New York City for primarily gay men. Uh, for the queer community and everything and the police were shitty they would always come in and like beat people and just were awful and one night they had enough and there's some speculation going back and forth like thinking Marsha P. Johnson was the first to throw their brick and be like we've had a fuck enough and there was a riot um but that's a whole nother thing so there's a lot of different things that go some people were like oh they believe that it you know, happened right after Judy Garland um, passed away, and a lot of people um, had some feels about that. So there's just a lot of lot of different um, theories and shit like that. But Marsha P. Johnson was definitely somebody who was there and um, would perform, you know, as a drag queen and stuff like that. So um, really helped with the gay liberation and. She even helped with AIDS organizations and stuff and was very popular in New York City in the art scenes and everything like that. She even modeled for Andy Warhol, um, which is, I mean, who, not a lot of people can say that. That's pretty freaking cool. So, yeah. Um, she was amazing, beautiful, and had a lot to do um, with the community. I know I've talked about this before, um, and I know I keep harping on it, but before, even when I was watching that the show on Apple, you know, out on television and everything, um, it's really hard, and I think it is really hard now, too, if you look at the statistics and stuff like that, especially um, people of color that are trans. Um, I mean, they're being murdered, point blank, period. So it's good that you had somebody like Marsha P out there fighting the fight, you know, and way back then, I mean, that was almost unheard of. So kudos to her. Like what a badass bitch. Nowadays, it's so like <laughs> still relevant. You know, we've, we've come a long way, but like if it wasn't for people like Marsha P to start throwing bricks and saying, you know what, fuck this, I've had enough. We wouldn't be where we are today. Of course we need more work and everything, but kudos to Marsha for like, being 100% that bitch. I truly believe that there are so many people out there in the world that are just so gorgeous with gorgeous souls and they're fighting the fight, you know? Shining their light in their own way. And so I want to bring those people to the forefront. My goal is to each episode bring a story to the listeners about somebody out there letting their sunshine flow. So... Let's get into it. For this week's Shining um, Lights story, 
I went in to bring up something that I've actually seen in my own neighborhood and I found a story from a couple in Houston. It's, it's I think the second story that I found, but it's based out of Texas. Um, it looks like Julie Todd um, has done something that a lot of people are doing and I think it's pretty great and put a tiny free pantry that's open to the neighbor and the neighborhood for anybody that, you know, might be at risk and really honestly can't go out to get groceries and stuff like that. So it's a good way for them to say, hey, let me just go right down the road right here. I don't have to expose myself to so many people. And I think this is such a beautiful and amazing idea, especially where we are now in the world. Um, like I said, my neighborhood actually has it now. It's cute, um, perishable items and stuff like that, because there are some times where people can't go out, you know, they can't go get what they need, and I think that's pretty awesome. I've also seen this done with, like, little miniature, uh, libraries, and I love that. I want to do it so bad. My husband always talks about it, um, in Charlotte, where we live, we drive and we see them so much, and we always say one day we want to start it, but right now it's not really the ideal time to do that, so... Definitely want to look into doing that one day. I think it's cute. Anything to spread that joy and that kindness and everything is amazing. So kudos to you, Julie Todd in Houston, Texas work. For the quote this week, I'm actually going to give you several. You're welcome. You get a quote and you get a quote and you get a quote. I'm going to do a little thing different. So it's kind of like a poll time quote where I actually took to my social media. I posted on my personal um, Facebook page and I said, question for my podcast. What's something you wish your future self could have told you about high school? I got some good responses, so I'm going to read some now and some for part two of this episode. Let's get into it. First one, this is actually somebody I went to high school with. Um, they said... Um, none of it matters as much as you think it does. 100% true. I agree with that. You know, there's a lot of things, you know, oh, this is my permanent record. This is the rest of my life. Mm, bitch, no. Um, it doesn't really matter if you go to college. Very true. Um, back then, you know, I was like, college is the goal. That's something that I want. I strive for it. But, you know, sometimes it's not for everybody. So, now with yourself. Next person said that you'll never get this time back and be as involved as you can. I agree, duh, you can't get that time back, girl. So sorry, unless it's, like, never been kissed and you go undercover and pull a Drew and, like, mm, I'm back in high school, which was weird. But anyways, yeah, I wish sometimes that I was more involved, but there was a lot of shit going on, so maybe it was for the best. But it is what it is. Next person said, don't change a thing. It made me who I am. Yes, very much true. You know, sometimes, though, I do kind of, like, wish like oh if I went back maybe I wouldn't have been as bitchy in this um situation or maybe I would have talked to this person or been this that way or that or another but honestly it is what it is at the end of the day and yes it made me who I am so yeah thank you next person said being popular only matters in high school don't stress out about being a cool kid and fitting in so much yes 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 very much true um so sorry but most of the cool and popular kids peaked in high school Sorry, girl. <laughs> um, nobody cares about that in the real world, though, especially in college or in the real world. Like, nobody's like, hey, were you prom queen? Cool. Like, oh, my God, you're the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, you're a prom queen? Yeah. Mm, don't care. Next person said, soak it up because you're going to miss this. You won't, you won't want to do it over, but 
nothing matches this freedom take advantage very true do soak it in i 100 agree the good the bad the ugly soak that shit up like a sponge and yeah there's a lot of freedom you're young you're not tied down to the nine to five job buying groceries like i said and crying on the phone because groceries are fucking expensive so take advantage of that honestly live it up next person said now's the time to take a risk in your life that kind of goes back to that young mindset yes girl do that you are young you know but be cautious don't throw caution way to the wind and just like go fucking ape shit but yeah you're young you know that corny ass saying you're only young once very very true next person said don't worry so much and at least get don't work so much i'm so sorry don't work so much and get at least a two-year degree honestly i <laughs> i think you shouldn't worry as much but yes um i was that nerd that was like mm, i'm gonna a plus so i'll spend my spring break writing an analytical research paper on the wizard of oz like i don't give a fuck sometimes i do look back and i'm like god you should have like not been such a fucking nerd and things so yeah don't work don't stress so so much you know you do have to put some hours in but you know once college and if you choose to go to college and work in real life hits like it's it's really no fucking fun so <laughs> you know kind of enjoying that time that freedom yes two-year degree that's something that yeah i believe is very beneficial and works you know in your favor but honestly what works for me might not work for you so like girl have that conversation with yourself see if that's for you because if it's not it's not and it is what it is it's your decision though um next person said to continue to follow my dream and stop settling for less than what i deserve uh preach very true follow your dreams it's i know it's cliche and a hard thing to do but yeah i totally agree with that because we do have a lot of ambitions when we're younger and kind of stick to it you know i'm kind of learning that as i get older i'm like you know i had dreams of being an author and having books and stuff and now i'm like mm, let me do a podcast and write some more and stuff like that so yeah follow your dreams a little bit more bitch next one and last one for today just ask not knowing hurts more than a no very true there are so many times where i was just like I should have asked. I should have said something. I should have, you know, like, girl, there are a lot of things. None of us know everything 100%. So ask away. There are a billion things that we don't know. And it's not just asking your teachers or anything like that. Like, hey, I don't understand this because, yeah, it'll hurt you in the long run because you don't know. But, like, ask your friends, you know, get deep with them. Ask yourself. Like, just ask things that you want to know the answer to. Ask those questions, girl, because we're all in this together. We're all in this together. No, anyway, all right, cool. So that's all I have for you for this week for the quotes. I'll be reading the rest of the full-time quotes next episode. But yes, thank you so much for spreading those little nuggets of wisdom on my Facebook page. And thank y'all. <laughs> first part of shiz they should have told you in high school hope you enjoyed it um i was thinking and i wanted to go back a little bit and talk about shit's creek just a little bit more one major big thing awesomeness that happened was there was actually a billboard of the character david and patrick kissing that 
like blew up went big and everything and like that's a big deal to me like we get to see like men and women being sexual and kissing and every kiss begins with k it's always straight people heteros you've had your moment let us have ours a little bit and so that billboard was really amazing and proud moment for us to have and see so yay shit's creep for making that happen um so yeah hope you enjoyed this episode hopefully the sound wasn't too wonky and shit because i'm still trying to learn this fancy winchy uh microphone so yeah um my foot's asleep side note when I record, I lay on the ground and get real comfy, and I always sit on my legs and feet, and uh, they fall asleep. I don't know the science behind it. I should probably look it up, but I feel like the blood stops flowing or something. I don't know. I could be making it up. Um, <laughs> didn't pay that much attention in high school. That was me cracking my kneecap, um, and it's uh, asleep right now, but I digress. So next week, I'll be coming to you with part two of Shiz They Should Have Told You in High School. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you go follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, even TikTok if you're feeling that brave at Sir Stephen Rice. And please, please, please share this podcast, share this episode, previous episodes, share with your friends. That'd be amazing. Subscribe, you know, get notifications every Wednesday, put out a new episode. So please, 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 please share, leave a review. Spotify or whatever. I am working on getting this podcast on um, iHeartRadio and also Pandora Podcast. Right now we have it on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, or Google Podcast. I'm not sure because I use Apple mainly. It's on Anchor, of course, and um, Stitcher. It's on Overcast. It's a lot and a lot of good ones. But please, it would mean so much to me if you could share with your friends, uh, word of mouth, so I can get this shit out here, yeah, and spread some positivity and sunlight. So, have a fantastic day or night whenever you're listening to this. I hope that you know that you're beautiful, and hopefully this quarantine shit is over soon, and hopefully your high school experience wasn't as depressing as mine, and if you are depressed after listening to this, I'm so sorry, but let's, like, have fun for the rest of the day or night whenever you're listening to this and I'm just rambling but yes you're beautiful I love you if you need me I'm here so until next time have a fantastic day bye